0: there, and welcome to the Oxano podcast. Oxano is a worship service for college students and young adults that takes place weekly during the school year at Dawson Family of Faith. If you're ever in Birmingham, Alabama on a Tuesday night, we hope you'll join us as we worship through song, prayer, and the Word. Thanks for listening. Hello, tonight's scripture reading is going to be in Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 42. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. Is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of a sinner. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at a hand. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, I was just talking to Sydney in between the songs. We normally sit over there and tonight, I mean, it's a whole different vibe. Like all up in here. I I'm I'm yeah. Yeah. Woo. Um some good stuff everybody. Um so tonight we're going to be continuing in our series on the life of Peter, episodes of doubt and devotion. And um Tonight, we have a lot of scripture to maneuver through. I've been kind of saying it this way. I'm picturing us all on a field trip to the zoo and everybody has their buddy and I want everyone to make it to the other side of the zoo. Okay, I don't want anyone to get lost. Okay, so everyone, you know, grab your buddy's hand. We're we're gonna make it through. Um, I'm gonna point out all the cool stuff and then we'll hopefully all make through the other side. But um, Peter, the apostle Peter, Simon Peter, Simon Bar Jonah, or in Greek Petros, he's got some ups and some downs. Um, many have said that his um, willingness to follow Jesus is right on the money, but his follow through is absolutely terrible. Um, it's it's a roller coaster ride looking at Peter's life, and what I hope today is that by seeing this story by looking and meditating on this story, um, you might find yourself in Peter's shoes and that you might can relate to his story. This is a continued story of a follower of Jesus who has the tendency to choose himself over his Savior. And so I hope tonight you can meditate on the fact that Christ has already paid for your sins and that we need to continually choosing him and not ourselves. So let me set the scene with you guys. Okay. So we're, we're in the last few days of Jesus's life before he is crucified. It's Thursday night. Okay. Oh, it's Thursday evening. Sorry. It's Thursday evening. It's not yet night. Okay. The sun has not all, has not set yet It's not completely dark. We're having the Passover feast, arguably one of the most important feasts for a Jew. People are celebrating a feast that has been celebrated all the the way since the events of Exodus. They're celebrating the Passover lamb, but Jesus commands his disciples to go up to this little room called the upper room have a different sort of feast with him. Because instead of them celebrating the Passover lamb, they're having a feast with the lamb of God. Jesus is washing their feet, even their crusty little toes, um, knowing that some of them are going to deny him, knowing that some of them are going to betray him. Um, I don't know how many But um, one of um, the ministers on staff here, Jan Jones, said, do you know how many toes that is? That's like over a hundred toes. I was like, I don't want to think about that. Um, (laughs) But he's washing their feet and he begins to institute the Lord's Supper for the very first time. The bread is being broken. The wine is being poured. And a betrayer is announced. So now what we can see just from the very beginning of this story, we haven't even got to the scripture yet or to the portions of scripture that I'm going to be covering tonight and we can already see that it is all about him. The Lord's Supper, his body being broken, his blood being spilled, them celebrating the Lamb of God in relation to the Passover feast. It's all about him. Him. And so when the inevitable desertion of Jesus' disciples is then revealed, it's kind of shocking as a reader. You're like, what's happening here? But again, I'm going to tell you, we tend to do this very same thing. We tend to choose ourselves over Jesus. So let's begin in Scripture, Mark 14, verse 29. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me, not once, not twice, but three times. But he, being Peter, said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. So this is a clear indication of Our nature versus God's. At the very beginning of this portion of scripture, you can see in your Bibles that the disciples are singing hymns. They're communing with Jesus. They're singing, they're worshiping. And then all of a sudden, Jesus just lays it all out here and says, one of you is gonna betray me. One of you is gonna deny me. Peter, you're not gonna deny me not once, but three times. And Peter's like, oh, not me. It can never be me. He's playing the comparison game. Um, I don't, you, none of you guys play the comparison game, right? Just me? Yeah. I Okay, y'all are, y'all are good. I play the comparison game a lot. Um, I tend to look at other people in my life who have like similar situations to me or in similar seasons of life and I tend to compare myself to them. I tend to be jealous. Uh, I tend to get envious of what they have. And I I, um, fall prey to discontentment um, very quickly because I'm constantly comparing myself to other sinners rather than God. They don't know how hard I work. They don't don't know all that I'm going through. I tend to compare myself a lot to other people. And again, I know none of y'all struggle with that. But I'm here to let you know that measuring yourself with the yardstick that today's culture will give you is a road to absolutely nowhere versus measuring yourself with the yardstick that the gospel gives you. So please, do not compare yourselves to other sinners or to the um, ways of this culture because it has no eternal or everlasting value. God, he is eternal. And though we are prone to compare ourselves to others, he loves us anyway. Um, We are prone to wander that old song, we are prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Let's look back at scripture here. I I really encourage you to tune your hearts to these words. Sydney, my wife, read it very beautifully, but I, I encourage you to meditate on them again. There's a reason why I want you guys to hear this twice because it is very, um, it's heavy and, I, and I, I want these words to be stitched on your heart. Notice, before we read that Jesus, in the middle of him anguishing and being so sorrowful, the Bible says, he stops in the middle, just as we sang, and he says, yet not what I will, but what you will, God. Mark 14, verse 37, And he came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed, and to the hand of sinners, rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is so weak. His Spirit is very willing. Like I said, Peter, his intentions are great, but he is wrapped with flesh. He is engrossed with it. We are weak, but he is strong. Plain and simple. And I know you guys have probably heard this phrase before because of the great, great song. Jesus loves me. love this song. I sing it all the time. Don't let anyone tell you it's a kid's song. It's not, okay? Kids may sing it because it's easy to sing, but that doesn't make it a kid's song, all right? It is filled with biblical truth. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones wrapped in flesh, to him belong. They are weak, and yes, we are all very weak but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. Okay, so now we're at Friday morning. The hour has come for our savior to be crucified on a cross. Peter is trying to make up for it for his trying to make up for his weakness. With a show of strength, and he cuts off Malchus's ear. After Jesus heals it, he is then sent to Pontius Pilate, and then he is sent to Golgotha. Many people have said that Peter's story, like I've said, have many peaks and many valleys. It's like a roller coaster. This is a valley moment. Hear the word of the Lord in Mark 14, starting in verse 66. For you, again, he denied it. And after a while, the bystanders again said to Peter, certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to evoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man whom you speak of. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. Sin leaves you broken, sin leaves you abandoned, sin leaves you hurt. The Bible says that there is not a righteous man alive and Peter is definitely feeling this truth right now. When he remembered what Jesus had said, the thing that he said, oh, they all will, there's not a possibility I would deny you, Jesus. When he's all puffy-chested and confident and says to Jesus, that, could, that couldn't possibly happen. When what he says that about actually does happen, when what Jesus said would happen actually comes to be, Peter is overwhelmed with his flesh, with his sinfulness, and he can do nothing but fall down and weep. Peter and Jesus were friends. They were fishing buddies. They spent so much time together. And Peter just stabs him in the back. And now he's face to face with himself in the mirror having to deal with what he has just done. Jesus is being taken to Golgotha to be crucified on a cross. And Peter is having to look at himself, look at his sinfulness, and he can do nothing but cry. He sees only tears because he's crying without hope. Now, just to give you guys a little story. Um, of a time that I cried, but with hope, and this is a very like rare occurrence, okay, I never cry, okay, I could probably count on two hands how many times I have cr- like legitly like like tears flowing down my face cry in my life, okay, since I was probably from the age of four to now twenty three I have not cried meant much, okay Sydney tells me that it 's good to cry, you know what I mean that it 's like um therapeutic and that you can let out your emotions and that um, it's good to get all those emotions out. And so sometimes after a hard day, I'll come home and I'll either either look at Sydney or I'll look at myself in the mirror and I'll be like, and I can't do it. (laughs) No matter how hard I try, I can't do it. But the other day, last week, I was in class, and my teacher starts to talk to us about um, knowing Christology, knowing all about Jesus. You know, we're learning about the theology of Jesus, okay? And he's telling us that if you make God this old man with a white beard in the sky, and that's all he is, that's not very comforting but if you look at God in relation to Jesus, if you say, I know who God is based on who Jesus is, it's the ultimate comfort. And so then he pulls out this little puppy, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Okay, this sucker right here, y'all all gotta go into your Amazon wish list. Christmas is coming up, I'm telling you, again, Jesus loves me is a kid song. This is a kid Bible. It nowhere on here does it say for kids. Uh, I, I'm, I, yeah. It is well. It says it right there, but. <laughs> but that's the publishing company. That's that doesn't say it on the cover. Okay. This I stole it from Sydney. It is so good. Sally Lloyd Jones. He pulls this out and he begins to read this and I could not keep it together. I, my notebook was damp. I was crying. Because I felt it coming on, you know? And I was like, okay, my eyes will just water. This will be fun. That, like, my eyes hardly ever water either. But then like, I started to feel something on my face. I'm like, what is that, a gnat? Those were tears. <laughs> and I could not keep it together. But the point I'm trying to make is, I was crying with hope. So I'm going to read it to y'all. Y'all better keep it together. They being the soldiers walked up a hill outside the city. Jesus carried the cross on his back. Jesus had never done anything wrong, but they were going to kill him the way criminals were killed. They nailed Jesus to the cross. You see, it wasn't the nails that kept Jesus there. It was love. Love. Tears rolled down Jesus' face, the face of the one who would wipe away every tear from every eye. Then Jesus shouted in a loud voice, It is finished. And it was. He had done it. Jesus had rescued the whole world. Father, Jesus cried, I give you my life. And with a great sigh, he let himself die. Strange clouds and shadows filled the sky purple, orange, black, like a bruise. It's some good stuff right here. Um, We are sinners, but He is salvation. Plain and simple. Our sin equals nothing but hurt and desertion, and tears. But he turned that on the cross into eternal salvation. We know Jesus conquered death. Reading this, we read this with hope. Even though I stopped after the bruise part, we read it with hope because we know just a couple of pages later, Jesus is going to rise. But Peter doesn't know that. Peter has absolutely no idea. All Peter knows is what we just read a few minutes ago. A face full of tears on the ground. Peter, just a a few days later, watches from a distance as a group of women visit Jesus' tomb. And he's hurting But it's Sunday morning, y'all. It's Sunday morning, and the tomb is empty. And so when Peter gets wind of this, he and John make a foot race to the tomb. And Blake always likes to point out, John likes to point out that he won the foot race, okay? So John won, just so y'all know. Um, Peter gets there second, and he realizes that the tomb is empty. And for us, that's a hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Peter is shaken. Praise God that Jesus has risen, because he is the bringer of salvation. He has made a way to forgive Peter in the first place. We're about to see this happen. Because Jesus did it, as the Jesus storybook Bible said, He had done it. It is finished. Because he died the death that criminals die on a cross, he is able to forgive our sins and we are able to live eternally with him in a place that has no tears. So while Peter is waffling in his sin, Jesus is undeterred. So now... Jesus has re-entered the scene. This is even a few days after that. Jesus has re-entered the scene and he has come to the Sea of Tiberias. There he performs a miracle that only God can perform. The disciples are fishing on the water and at one single command, fish come up, 153 to be exact. And then he invites them on the beach for some breakfast. Let's, read, let's look in John 21. So if you'll turn in John 21, let's read a portion of this scripture. John 21, starting in verse 12. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so would the fish. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. They knew that only the Lord could perform a miracle like that on the Sea of Tiberias, and that not a single net, as Scripture said, was broken. Over 150 fish, all of the sudden, popped up into their nets and not a single net was broken. Only God could perform a miracle like that. And so they knew it was him. We are limited, but he is unlimited. He is a God of abundance. And Peter, praise God, is about to see just how abundant God's grace is. And so then, Peter is face-to-face with the one that he denied. And Jesus does this right here. And I could only imagine that if we were watching a play, this would be the time when the rest of the stage is black And there is a single spotlight on Jesus and his denier. Let's look in John 21, starting in verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Know about you guys, but when reading this story, I'm expecting Jesus to make an example out of Peter. I mean, he den- he denied him. I mean, I've already said it. he stabbed him in the back. Jesus discipled Peter. Jesus spent time with Peter. Jesus nurtured Peter. And Peter denies him, and so. I think about it like this. It's like if there is someone that you know that's locked up in jail, all right? And they're locked up in prison. But the catch is, is that you're the reason why they're there. And then you get notice that they're out. And they're looking for you. What are you going to (laughs) do? You're the reason that they're there. And now they're out, they're released, and they're looking for you. So I'm expecting Jesus to look at Peter and just turn him into dust. I mean, if he wanted to, he could be dirt. He could be nothing. He could be a pillar of salt. He could be nothing. But, he, but Jesus doesn't do that. He restores him. We are shameful. But he is restoration. Because of this restoration, we can be saved. And that's no small thing. We, as I said before, have the ability to be saved because of what he has done on the cross. We have that choice. He has made a way for us to eternally commune with him. He has made a way for us to be restored. And so now we can be freed. We can be freed from the weight of this world, we can be freed from the weight of our sin. Jesus has taken Peter's criminal record and absolutely, completely washed it clean. It has been washed white as snow. The Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And so I don't want you to read this and think, okay, whom the sun sets free is free indeed for 24 hours. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed, and it takes a little bit of weight off my shoulders. I feel a little bit better. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed, unless I do these three sins, then it doesn't, doesn't matter. No, the Bible says, plain and simple, Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We can completely let it go because we have been set free because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Peter can be set free. Peter was set free, he was restored, he was given a brand new identity because of what Jesus did on the cross. And so looking at you guys and speaking to you, I know a lot of people deal with sin shame, past sin shame. Things they've done in the past that they are not proud of. But I encourage you today to live in the reality that through Jesus you can be free. You can be free of it. You can let it go. You can give it to Jesus because he has already taken it upon himself on the cross. I encourage you to live in the reality that you have been set free and that the old is gone. Behold, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. Let go of the shame of the past, I beg you, because you can embrace the restoration of Jesus that is eternal and that never ends. Notice that Jesus says at the very end of the portion we read together in verse 19, he says to Peter, follow me. And he also asks Peter, do you love me three times? Notice also Peter denied Jesus three times. And so every single time Peter said, you know I love you, Lord. You know everything. I love you, Lord. You know I love you, Lord. Every single time he said that, Jesus was restoring a denial every single time. And it was Jesus' love. It was God's love toward us that restored us. And then we see, as Jesus commanded him to follow him, we see that Peter did. In verse 19, this is to show what kind of death he was to glorify God. Peter glorified God until the end of his days. He tended to his sheep. He fed his lambs. And though it got him turmoil, On earth, though he was martyred on earth, he received much more than any earthly crowns can give him. He received the eternal Father. So, speaking of crowns, I don't know. Um, how many of you have been keeping up with all of the news with Queen Elizabeth II's passing, okay? Um, Sydney and I have just recently caught up on The Crown, so the TV show. So we're like really into all of the things surrounding Queen Elizabeth II's death. Um, And just for those of you who don't know, Queen Elizabeth II reigned for 70 years and 214 days. That's longer than any British monarch in history, okay? So it's a big deal that she is now with the Lord. And that's the other thing, is that she was a devout Christian. She loved Jesus. It was her role um, as queen to be head of the church And she, um, it's not just some title that she was given, but she actually loved the Lord. She um, made it a point throughout multiple times in her reign to proclaim the name of Jesus and to let people know where her allegiances were. And so um, it's no secret that she shared a lot in common with her great-great-grandmother, Queen Victoria, who also followed the Lord. I'm giving you a lot of British history right now who also followed the Lord, Queen Victoria. And one quote, um, one instance in Queen Victoria's life that has really um, rose in the press here recently, um, I heard even the royal family posted on their Instagram. I didn't know the royal family had an Instagram, but they do. Um, They posted this quote on their Instagram um, saying that this quote meant a lot to Queen Elizabeth II. And I'm going to read it for you all. So one of the chaplains of her late majesty, Queen Victoria, had been preaching on the second coming of Christ. They were preaching on Christ's coming. Um, and afterward, in conversation with the preacher, the queen exclaimed, oh, how I wish that the Lord would come in my lifetime. Why, asked the chaplain, does your majesty feel so, such an earnest desire? The queen replied with quivering lips, And her whole countenance lighted up with deep emotion. I should so love to lay my crown at his feet. She wasn't her accomplishments. She wasn't her title. She wasn't her position. She was only who she was in relation to Jesus. Though she had a queenly title on earth, her allegiance was to the king of kings. And so the beauty of this story, I hope that you're not lost in the reptile exhibit, you know, of our zoo that we're going through. Um, I I hope you're with me. We're almost at the end. The beauty of this story is that Peter, was not chasing any crowns anymore. He was following Jesus because he had been restored. And you know, want to know the coolest part about all this? The absolute, like to me, the absolute coolest part about everything that I've said is that the same God who was betrayed and denied, spit on, crucified on a cross and the same God who rose on the third day and the same God who, had, who did the miracle at the Sea of Tiberias and the same God who had breakfast with the disciples on the beach and the same God who restored Peter and made a way for all of us to have restoration, that same God wants to have a personal relationship with you and you and you, every single one of you. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. That's a desire of his. And so I deeply encourage every single one of you here today to accept him as your Lord and your Savior. Because we are weak, but he is strong. We are sinners, but he is salvation. We are limited He is unlimited. We are shameful, but he is restoration. Let us thank God for his finished work on the cross and his awe-inspiring mercy through prayer. Lord, you are a God who is above all other gods. You are the king of kings. Lord, I pray today that the people in this room would receive you, and would live in the truth that you so abundantly provide for us. And that truth is that you have made a way for us to be near God. Jesus, you are our rock and our redeemer. Lord, we thank you and we praise you today. And I think, and I pray all of these things in your name, your holy and precious name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Oxano Podcast. If you want more information on the songs that we sing at Oxano, you can find us on Spotify at Oxano Songs We Sing. If you have more questions about what it means to follow Jesus or about next steps in following Him, please email us at connect at Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.